Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. My name's Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunhalter. And we're here every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. live in the beautiful city of Willoughby, which is actually even more beautiful with this weather we've had for the last couple of days. But what we're doing, we're going to have some fun with some small business stories. And we'd like you guys out there, you owners of small businesses, to participate. Adam's going to give you the, the call-in number and the ways to, to contact us, but we'd love to have you be part of our show. You know, we're, we're small business experts, Adam and I, and when we talk small businesses, we're talking companies from 1 to 25 employees. That's small, but there's like 25 million of them around the United States. So they're small but powerful. And we've been coaching now for 15 years together, Adam and I. That's what we are. We're business coaches, and our company is called Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We've started companies. This is us. We've bought companies. We've sold companies. We've coached owners on how to do those things and really improve their profits. We've had great success. We've evolved over these 15 years, and we're good, and we'd like to include you. I know you have these these questions, and what we do is frame them. We frame them under the word how. How you as a business owner, how do you make your payroll? How do you find funds? How do you find good employees? How do you set up a marketing plan? How do you set up a profit plan? We do all that stuff. And I am, again, here with my partner, Adam Sunholder, who is standing tall. Adam, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Fantastic, Jack. Fantastic. It is a wonderful evening. We're here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business to help not only the guys but the gals, too, all the owners of small companies help you in your day-to-day and the reason the show was created was to help you understand that whatever you're going through other people have been there before and as jack gave you a little bit of rundown of our backgrounds we've been through a lot of that stuff personally ourselves but certainly with all the other with all the other folks that we've been coaching these last 15 years we've seen it with them as well and the key is we don't do it for them we help them do it for themselves, help them take the steps along the way. A big part of what our show is about here is to help to help do that. And as Jack was saying, we look at the word how. Lots of how questions that go out as part of your day-to-day activities. And so we'll address some of those questions. We'd love to hear your questions if you've got a how question that you're struggling with or that, that presented itself here recently. And the number to get us here in the studio, as Jack said, we're here every Monday. Or not every, I keep doing that. We used to be here every Monday. We used now to be every Monday. Now yeah. we're here on Wednesdays. Yeah. feels we like a Monday today. Yeah, day we after, moved about two years ago, but that's yeah, all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's a day after holiday. It feels like a Monday all the time, right? Huh. So Wednesday evenings from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. And the number to get us here in the studio is 440-946-9468. 440-946-WINT. For those of you who prefer to use the computer versus the telephone, you can hit us up on Twitter at, at MaximumVP, or you go to our website, MaximumVP.com, forward slash how, H-O-W. A nice little form pops up there. You can, get, you can submit your how question. Or worse comes to worse, you can try radio at MaximumVP.com, the old email way of getting a hold of us with your how question. <clears throat> We'd be happy to get it here on the air. If you have that. If you want to respond to what we're talking about here, you can do that as well. We'd, we'd lo- love to have you be part of the show. What's the phone number again? 440-946-9468. Perfect. You get a little jingle to go with that. Make it more memorable, Jack. What do you think? Yeah, let's work on that. We'll put that up to the list. <laughs> the list. The Everybody list. has a list. 
Yeah, how, how, how do I, see, this is a how question. How do I make my company better, Adam? I'm going to ask you that. My company, you're a coach. How do we make it better? <laughs> you think do you think there are business owners out there who who ask that question in their own mind and maybe their spouse or or a good friend, you know, where they're they're they don't even have to be having hard issues in a negative way. They're just pondering how do I make my company better? What the heck does that mean? And I'll bet you millions of people who've asked that question who own companies. Well, what do you do? How do you answer that one? Well, your point is well taken in terms of, I think, if you've got to define what better means. That's great. Everybody's definition of better is different. So, so couple, we know. Well, well, we'll say a couple of possibilities on. could be, hey, better mean I, I'd like, to, like it to grow. I'd like it to make more profit or make a profit. Uh, I'd like to be able to get away from the business. Here we are in, in, in the heat of summertime here, and people are on vacations. And usually the owner is the last, if, if ever, to take vacations. We've, we've met many owners who haven't been on vacations for years, or they they go on vacation. And that's really just code for hey, I go to work in a different location today. Well, that's pretty much right. what happens too. We've seen how many times have we seen that? Many, many times. So better, better is in the eye of the beholder, kind of like beauty is, Jack. So it depends how they would define what better looks like. Anyone out there in our listening, our vast listening audience, uh, kind of anchored in Willoughby, Ohio, basically, uh, what do you folks, what do you folks call better? How would you like to make your company better? What would you like to start with? Adam said profits. Would that be the biggest one? Is your company better if you're making more profits? How could we say no? But at the same time, you could cross over a line in pursuing those profits and a whole lot of things that go the other way which prompts people to say, hey, I want to make my company better. Well, if you well, have a, a – we, we like to say if we, we've developed over 15 years of coaching and running companies and owning companies and buying and selling them, we've done a lot of stuff that basically has, has uh, resulted in what we call the seven keys to success. <clears throat> and we're defining success – as growing sustainable profits. And we would call a company who has growing sustainable profits certainly better. But also, as Adam said, basically beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Well, so is better in the eyes of the beholder. Well, you talk about the seven keys, Jack. I think the one smack dab in the middle there is the organization. And let me make a quick analogy because you've got – Free agency starting in the NBA just started a couple of days ago, but it's been going kind of crazy since the end of uh, the end of the season. And each of these teams is trying to make themselves better, and they're trying to make themselves better with the addition and subtraction of players and people, sometimes in the front office as well. Well, better there, so like we're saying, profits are are one certainly and probably the biggest way of saying better, but for them wins are going to make that team well, again, better. I'm saying it depends, on the, depends on, the, on the holder, Jack. Again, I could be making all kinds of crazy profits, but if I'm working 120-hour weeks and i got no life outside of work, I might be fine with, hey, you know what, let me make a little bit less profit and let me bring on a good person or good people that can help shoulder some of this burden to help make some of those profits. Profit isn't the almighty driver. It's a yeah. matter of what, what somebody defines as better. Well, how do you define better? Let's, I, I'm going to say profits. 
profits would be pretty much the number one answer I'd be willing to bet of most owners of small businesses. My company would be better if I'm making more profits. Uh, it's only better for sustainable profits. Well, that's that's you're you're absolutely right. So the sustainable part usually, and that's again, that's a common challenge. We're, we were just sitting with somebody that, you know, earlier today who was four years in and feeling a bit burnt out, you know, and uh, making some decent money, but too much is on her shoulders. So she's not feeling like it's sustainable. She can do it today, but six months from now. Five years from now, can you keep going? Can you keep doing it? So, to me, that's not sustainable. Again, we, we're all getting older as the, you know as the days and years go by, and life happens. And well, so, you got to speak for yourself. Okay, you, you found that. <laughs> I forgot that, found, that fountain of youth that's going the that's other way. That's right. That's right. So, so, so being able to, being able to, have it to where it's not only on you, and we know from our our experience these last fifteen plus years, Jack, that there's so many owners out there. Again, come back to vacations, why they don't take vacations. They don't feel comfortable being able to leave the business. So many of them will just shut down the business for a week so they can't take a vacation versus, hey, I'm comfortable leaving while the, the, the team here can take care of things. It's still going to be here when I get back. They aren't going to literally blow the place up or burn it down. You know, Customers will get service. Things will happen. Will there be some mistakes? Of course there will be. Will there be decisions that get made that aren't the way I do it? Of course there will be. But they aren't going to tank the business. If you have good people who are there. Yeah, that's true. You know, we've seen that time and time again. Good people will will make or break because you can do anything you want. And anything you want has a pretty wide open, <laughs> wide open uh, uh, discussion point in it. Anything you want. And you can have that with profits. Basically, that's what it's all about. But they have to be sustainable profits. You know, that we, we've uh, worked, I've mentioned twice now, two or three times, the seven keys to success. That's exclusive to Maximum Value Partners, our coaching company. And when we coach clients, and I'm going to take you through those seven keys, and when we coach clients and they master those seven keys, when they master them, and it takes a while, you know, you can jump in at any time, basically, and... And, you know, you, you may be far along in some of these seven, and some you, you're just being introduced to them. But we have found that when you master those, and if you keep, keep you know, putting in the time and effort, you will be successful. And we define success, again, as growing sustainable profits. Before you go into the detail on them, Jack, let me give people a second to run to our website real quick. And you go to MaximumVP.com, and at the top there is a little uh, button for the MVP playbook. And right underneath there, you're going to see a little thing called Seven Keys. And there's a nice little graphic that's there. So as you're talking, Jack, they have something in front of them they can kind of take some notes on. Or it's a great idea. Have a good visual because we know we got folks who are listening here on the on the audio, but not everybody's an auditory listener or not or learner, excuse me. Everybody's an auditory listener. How else do you listen, right? Yeah. But they're not <laughs> an auditory learner. If they're more, maybe I more visual. sometimes with me, but right. that's all right. So if they're more visual, plus they could also be more kinesthetic where they got to write stuff down. So they have the visual with them. They're listening to you. They have a chance to write things down. So go to MaximumVP.com and look at the MVP playbook. And you'll see a link there for the seven keys. Nice little graphic you can print out, have ready, or have it up there on your screen with you. Okay. So, you said a tough word there. Kinesthetic. Kinesthetic. What does that mean, Ed? It's one of those... People learn by feeling or doing. Kinesthetic is the, the feel, touch, feel. So people learn either by listening, by doing, which is more kinesthetic, or by, by watching. And maybe some combination of those, but usually one is more prominent or more comfortable for people. 
Yeah, like what do you, people can do that. What do you think that percentage is of people who learn visually? Visually is the, is the majority. It's more than half are visual. I think it's something like 53% are visual, about 40 are, are more uh, kinesthetic, and then the, the, only 7% are auditory. Oh, is that right? It's a very few, Good. but radio survived all those cases. So well, if we've yapped enough that we've gone to our first break, Jack, gives people plenty of time to head over to MaximumVP.com and hit that seven keys. Yeah, like you could go right people. by them. You can yeah. go right down one by one as I talk about it. All right, so when we come back from the break, maybe you can start to take them through that, Jack. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're a business coaching company. We help companies from 1 to 25 employees get better through growing sustainable profits. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back. Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. How? How do I make a profit plan? How do I make more sales? How do I find good people? The endless questions. We've seen most, if not all of them. I'm sure not all of them, but boy, pretty darn close. All right, so our topic tonight we talked about here in the first segment was how do I get better? And we spent a little time talking about that. Let me give you a phone number so you can join in on the conversation with us. It's 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. And we talked about the idea of defining what better looks like and led Jack into the discussion about the seven keys to success that we coach people on to help them get better in their businesses. We direct you to our website, MaximumVP.com. Look at the MVP playbook, and there's a little link there for seven keys to success. And it's a nice little visual for you to have handy as Jack's going to start to go through these things one by one. And figuring out which of these, usually what we do with our coaching clients is they aren't working on all seven at once. But usually one or two or three of these need a little more TLC. And we spend time starting with those. And then they, they, But they're all intertwined. So why don't you... Why don't you start to enlighten them, Jack, in terms of the folks who don't have it handy, kind of start going through what those seven keys might be. Will do. These these seven keys to success have been developed by us. You know, we've had big corporation experience, senior-level uh, corporate experience before we launched MVP, and for the last 15 years have been dealing with small companies. You know, you may or may not like big corporations, but one thing you have to say about them, they know how to make profits. So through our research and experience, we've pulled seven of these, what we consider the biggest, the biggest reasons that big corporations can produce profits on a regular basis. And that's what we call our seven keys to success. And basically, they, they, if, you, if you stay with these and struggle to learn, struggle to master, eh, I shouldn't even say struggle because it's kind of fun once you start to learn, you will be successful. And we call success growing sustainable profits. So if you, if you have the visual in front of you, that's great. If you don't, the first of the seven is vision. So you as a small business owner, and believe me, we, we have the education background, and, and this is not, uh, these seven keys are not an academic pursuit. 
stuffy, using big words, using terms that nobody understands. But these things are necessary, in our opinion, to be successful. And we've proven it many, many times over. Excuse me, one minute. So the vision, the vision's where things often start. That's often where folks who start companies may have a vision for what they see. And it could be as simple as what's in front of them in terms of having a customer or a client to service and maybe getting out of where they are. But they may also have a big picture vision as far as what they what they see. And I was, it was interesting as I was driving back and forth to Nashville this weekend, Jack, I was listening to a podcast called How I Built This. It's got to be a great podcast, a name like that, right? It starts with a how question. It is. That's and right. what it does is it's, a, it's, a, it's an NPR podcast, and they, they interview a bunch of different entrepreneurs. And most of them are folks who have, who have you know, sold out or, or have created these hundreds of millions or billion-dollar companies. So it doesn't relate as much to our, our audience here. But to give you a sense, a lot of them had, had a vision early on, but many of them didn't have a vision to start with. But a lot of them talk about where some of the struggles came from was, hey, my vision was this. And my key people didn't didn't line up with that. And there's an example of the, of the guy from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I don't think most people have heard of it at this, at, at this point. It's basically the guys you call up and you have stuff you have to get rid of that you can't get, you know, you, you have to get out of your house, get out of your basement, they come and get it for you. But he talked about a situation where he was, you know, probably five, six years into the business and he had nine employees, or 11 employees, I'm sorry, 11 employees, and he realized one day that, you know what, nine of the 11 don't fit, don't fit. They don't align with the vision he's talking about. And he went in the next day and he fired those nine people. <laughs> so he went from five trucks to one truck overnight and started to take it over, started to rebuild upon that and really focused hard on finding the right people. But he talked about the fact that the vision he had didn't align with what those folks were trying to do. It's very well, important to have that. I was just going to say, it, it's if you don't have a vision, how in the world do you as the owner direct the people, be it direct employees or 1099s, how do you direct them? How do you really say where you're going, what you want to do? How do you gain efficiency? How do you improve communication? How do you get all those things done if you yourself can't articulate a vision? Do you want to be on a global stage? Do you want to be, you know, a million-dollar company, a half-a-million-dollar company, a $200,000, you know, from a sales standpoint? Uh, not not mentioning culture, not mentioning the, the industries and, and the like, but... A vision, a simple three-paragraph, present tense statement. If you don't have the, the excitement and wherewithal to pull that together, what in the world are you, you doing with your company? You should be able to say with passion, with, with you know, just to be an interesting person, here's what my company's going to be doing in the year 2027. Here's where I'm going to be. And we don't know where you're going to be. We don't even care where you're going to be. That's up to you. That's your vision. But you want to take this company on that journey. And if you don't have it, there's lots of dysfunction that's created in a company because of that one thing lacking. And it's not very easy to do in many cases. We've had a client who's, who's been trying to develop his vision for how many years now? And well, he keeps really doing it. Yeah, it keeps on punting at it. It keeps trying. And just, it's, it's, not, it's not natural for many people to kind of think that way and to, to, to shake off the, the chains that bind them, so to speak, where you have all the day-to-day -day things, and to to think about what's possible, and realizing what's possible, you know, and, and you know, you, you create billion-dollar companies. You talk about you talk about Zappos all the time, Jack. That as far as how quick, quickly they do, and one of the guys that they interviewed was Tony Shea, as far as how they built this. But Compact Computer in the in the 80s was the fastest company to go to a billion dollars in five years, Jack. Five years, on zero to a billion dollars, right? So whatever you think you can do, you're right. 
And if you're limiting yourself by thinking too small, you're going to be right there too, or you're worried about too many things. Versus, hey, let's let, let's dream a bit, get some excitement. And if you know where you're trying to go, it becomes a tremendous attraction, and you start to then see opportunities. They're there every day for you, but if you're so focused on what's right in front of you, you're going to miss the opportunities to help make that vision a reality. You're gonna when you're developing your vision, you're going to ask those how questions, and that's that's where we've developed the how question as as something that we we like to talk a lot about because those how questions just filter through your mind and they're always there. So let's say you get a vision and you want to be a ex-sales company doing these kinds of products and services in whatever industries. One of the biggest questions you're going to have is how do I get there? How do I find the, the necessary steps to do that? Well, that's what we coach on. And we've had success with that. So we know, we know that that's one out of seven. That's the starting well, point. Hold on a second, Jack. That, 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 that's the one place the how questions do not belong. And it can be the biggest blocker for folks on a vision. Because they'll try to think about how am I going to go from point A to point B. We say don't worry about how we're going to get there but yet. But they're going to be in their mind, no, Adam. So it, it's, it, it reinforces why or how, how often those how questions are, are in the owner's <laughs> minds. For this time, just push them aside. Don't think about those how, how am I going to get there. Don't worry about how you're going to get there. Question is, do you want to get there? Understand why you want to go there. Focus on that part of it first. Yeah, have the fun with figure it. Out. Have fun with it. Kind of step out of your your normal self here. You know, be bold. I mean, this is, and then what really becomes bold is when you express this vision to your your employees. I mean, my God, you know that it make this company fun, not a drudgery, not not just worrying about money and benefits and God knows what else. Have fun with this. Hey, we're going to be on a journey. We want to be here in 10 years. And you can be almost anywhere. Adam mentioned Zappos. He, he, you know, he, he mentioned it because we always talk about it. Here, a group of people got together, and one day they started a company, and they had zero revenue, zero profits. Seven years later, they're over a billion dollars, and they got bought by Amazon. Seven years, okay, a billion dollars. Now, you may not think like that, but you, you can think like that, and you shouldn't be afraid to think like that. That doesn't have to be your vision, because that's a pretty hefty one. But if you could tailor that down to something more comfortable with you, you can accomplish, just like they did in seven years, there's no reason to believe you couldn't find the people, put together a plan to get to wherever you want to go in 10 years or less. So that's one of seven. The second one, let's say we're going to do this vision and we get a vision down together and you're going to, you know, basically you, you have a financial goal here and some other goals that, that we teach you. But basically the second component, the second plan or the second step is a profit plan. And we're going to talk more about that one now for a few minutes. But a profit plan is often confused with that dreaded word that we absolutely hate. The B word. The B word. And it's not four letters. It's more than that. But it should be in the four-letter category. <laughs> <laughs> what is that B word, Adam? Budget. Oh, boy. People use the word budget, and they suck the oxygen right out of the meeting, run out of the the uh you know the the, the the company's planning goals the planning process 
You know, somebody uses a budget and we think of old dusty accountants sitting in the corner here speaking languages and throwing out uh, requirements that nobody understands. So we hate that word budget. But if you have an exciting vision and you present that, right behind it, folks, we're going to tell you how our profit plan is going to play into this vision. This is the first step of the first year of our 10. We're going to create a profit plan. All right, so stick around. When we come back from break here, we'll delve into some of the excitement for creating a profit plan for your company as opposed to sticking with the budget. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we absolutely love it. And we could help you get your company unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We help owners of small businesses, and that's defined to us or by us as 1 to 25 employees. We help them get unstuck from the state of how. You know, we'd love to have you call in and and be part of our program tonight, 440-946-9468. We're live in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio on a wonderful night, and we're live here actually every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. That's right. We're Going through tonight is how do I how do I get better as it relates to your company? How do I get my company better? And so it's led into a discussion about our seven keys to success. And Jack talked about the first two. Uh, started to get into vision, which is the first one, a 10-year vision for your company, how that kind of sets the table for everything else you do as part of your company. And the first step of that being key number two, which is the profit plan. And we talked about how it's often misconstrued as a budget and how awful that word is. But Jack's going to tell you why it's much more exciting to have a profit plan be a focal point for your company and how that's all pulled together. Okay, good, Adam. Well, profit plan, basically, just by its nature, is exciting. You know, it, it's that what you're in business for. Whether you're a for-profit or non-profit, you're in the business to make profit. There's a lot of other things that go with that, but if you don't make profits, you aren't going to be in business unless you have an endless pile of cash that you keep underwriting losses for. So you got to make profit. So if we have a vision that spans 10 years, and that vision is no more than three paragraphs, very general, not an academic piece of something, it's basically something simple, simple in its content, but very powerful in its, in its delivery and its desire. So we want to get somewhere in 10 years, wherever that is, you, the owner, are defining that. Now, what's the first step? What's the first year in that 10-year journey? That's the first step of the profit plan. we got to look at our first 12 months and say, what are we going to do this year? We don't want to hear a whole bunch of, I don't know how to do this, or planning's a waste of time. I think with a lot of people, planning is a waste of time, but not with us and not what our profit plan does. And you start with the sales. And in order to get sales, you have to have a marketing plan. If you don't have those two, what do you have? What do you have? You're resting your whole success on, on something that, that isn't laid out in the sense of, of truly trying to make it happen. You're going to just throw caution to the wind and hope things can keep repeating themselves. 
So the first step in a profit plan is, Adam, marketing and sales. Yeah, setting a sales goal for the year. So often you set sales goals based on where you were last year. So, okay, so what do you want to do in sales this year, next 12 months? Pick a number. What, what would be a good goal for you, for you and your company? So pick that number. And then you get that. You get that laid out by month, and then the next question is, how do I get there? How do I get these sales? And if you've been in business for a while, chances are just by the sheer fact that you've been in business for a while and the market you're in isn't collapsing, you're going to get probably 80% of the sales you had last year without doing a whole lot. So if you want to grow, that other 20% or more is really where you have to get a marketing plan down and you have to have something that's going to drive it because you're going to have to have something to drive the sales. It's not that hard. It, it really is not that hard. So it starts with the sales for the year. Then you also then want to pick what you want to make in terms of profit. So how much profit do you want to make? So if your goal for this year is to be a million-dollar company, and you say, hey, I'd like to make 10% profit on that. So $100,000. Okay, you start there. And then usually the expense side is even, is even more clear than the revenue side. Yeah, you have a good sense of what your rent is, your utilities, your your payroll costs, your insurance costs. You forecast those out for the year and see how you're doing. Is is a hundred thousand dollar profit on a million dollars realistic or not? And you get a sense. You get your best thinking in there. If it, if it comes down below a hundred thousand dollars, okay, what can you do to kind of tweak or adjust that? Find different ways to be able to kind of save some money. If it's above a hundred thousand dollars, okay, where do you have some opportunity to make sure you can maybe you can go higher than ten percent? But to, to be able to get a good sense, a good feel, but one of the things that, that prevents people from doing a lot of this planning is they say, well, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be my customer here or there. That's which, what they which say. Who's going to buy That's here right. or there. And this is not, uh, like it was an old golf book, said it's not a game of perfect, right? That's right. It's not a game of perfect. It's, it's, it's your best guess. Based on what you know today, here's our forecast. And it's going to drive actions. It'll drive actions in terms of be able to increase some of your sales and add sales and add customers or sell additional services or products to your current customers. And it'll drive the focus on expenses and the impact that those are going to have on profits. How do you tweak expenses? How do you maybe find ways to, to save some money uh, on your utilities or your phone bill? Uh, ways to help cut back on, on some of the electricity that's being used or on the office supplies. There's different ways. And as one of our clients was fond of saying years ago, there are nickels everywhere. If you get enough of those nickels pulled together, it becomes real dollars, folks. And so right. it's it starts small, but getting other folks within the organization engaged and looking at that. But it starts with you as the owner setting the goal in terms of hey, here's what I'd like to have for sales and profit this year. That's and right. Fill and those then, details and then the team fills in the blanks, and you don't neglect it. You don't get frustrated. You don't you don't uh, uh, say, look, this is an exercise, and come here all gloomy and and throwing off negatives, it can be fun. And surprisingly, it's going to take you pretty much to where you want to go because you're literally starting to focus. So so, so you're teasing the third key, Jack, which is the marketing plan when you're talking about the sales. Those two are, inter- are, are, are intertwined tremendously. So I want you to jump into the, the third key is that marketing plan. How are you going to... How are you going to grow those sales? That's the top line on your on your profit plan. That's right. It starts with defining what a good customer is for you. What's the target? Who are you going after? And every one of you listening, I know you have customers you wish you didn't have. And it's incumbent upon you to get rid of those customers and replace them with customers that you absolutely love. 
you have you have I guarantee you have at least five or ten or fifteen customers you absolutely love, and you would like to have more of those folks. So how are you going to get those folks? You got to figure out you know first of all what you're looking for. So you start to define what those folks look like, and get a good sense of them. So we do we we do what what is uh, politically incorrect here and profile our customers. We basically uh, look at the keys, the characteristics of of our best customers, and that then becomes the basis for creating a target to get more of these and find more of these. And How do you do that? So let, let let's say, and that's not a difficult thing to do to profile your customers with maybe eight or ten characteristics. Now you've defined what an ideal customer is, and now we got to figure out how do we go find them. That's gotta, the target. We got to figure out how do we talk to them, how do we communicate them, why did they become a customer in the first place, why have they stayed as a customer? You got to understand what the, you know what's going on there, and you might have an idea what that's going to be, but you'd be amazed. You know, Jack and I have, have engaged folks over the years from a marketing standpoint to, to interview our clients. And even though we have a very close relationship with, with all of our clients, it's amazing what they'll say to a third party. And there's often these little nuggets that come out. Often what you think is a differentiator that makes you or your product or your service different isn't what the customer thinks. And it's often some very little things that are very important that you would you would not even thought about. Okay, So like in our case, a couple of things that jumped out over the years. One is that the fact that, that there's two of us instead of just one of us. It's a big deal, and and you know we've well we didn't we we thought it was a big deal, but until we started to get responses back from from our clients to the surveys that were taken, we didn't know how important and how impressed they were by having both of us on the coaching engagement all the time. Well, another one was the fact that we're available in between the meetings twenty four seven. You know we won't necessarily answer the call every time you call. We'll get back to you really quickly. But the fact that we're available. And it's all part of our flat monthly fee. So the fact that we're there, we're there for them. That support structure is there. It's a big differentiator. For us, it was just kind of, that's how, that's, and you may think the same way. Well, it's just how I do business. That's how we do business. But those little things often come out by understanding what the message should be that truly differentiates you and your product or service from the other folks in the marketplace. So get that message down is very key to make sure you're talking to that target the right, the right way. And then what Jack was saying is, which is the third part of marketing, which is how do you go find more of these folks? That's the channel, which is where most people spend their time is the channels. Hey, I'm going out to networking events. I'm putting flyers out there. I'm doing radio advertisements. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing my website. I'm doing social media like crazy. They're, they're out there doing stuff, and they're not clear on who the target they're going after is going to be or what the message should be. So they're just throwing stuff out there and hoping something sticks. You know, the, the, it's very factual, and our experience backs this up, that small, unknown businesses that are starting or even have been in business for a number of years, they basically are going to grow their sales through referrals. And, and that, you know, it doesn't take a genius to recognize that when you just spend a little time analyzing where your sales are coming from. And to Adam's point, you know, you lay out the target after we profile a client, we deliver a message that he's going to hear or she's going to hear the right words, and you deliver that message in a way that that uh, uh, they're going to they're going to hear it, you know, because they read these magazines or they're online looking at this or they read a billboard as you drive by I ninety or whatever it's going to be. But the real key to a small unknown business is referrals, 
And if you do referrals well, your company will keep growing. Now, if you're trying to get on the global stage, you've got to do more. But that's, that's big, big dollar items and programs. So a great, a great Kickstarter for your marketing plan is to fire a customer who doesn't belong. Get rid of them. It'll be tremendously scary for those of you who haven't done it before. But it'll be, you won't believe how, how good you're going to feel, how good your organization is going to feel after you get rid of that person or get rid of those people, get rid of that company. Whatever it's going to be, that's the wrong type of customer for you. So, so jumpstart your marketing plan with, with that. It's a great way to get a great way to get started. So we got a you, you've created a vision. That vision is going to be the, the the guiding beams for your company. You've put together a profit plan with your team. The first line on that profit plan is sales. So you've developed a marketing plan to drive those sales. Now we got all this fancy planning going on, not academic pursuits, but realistic stuff that you guys talk about and use every day, and it's pulled from your records. And it works. But now we got all this stuff down. The question is, who's going to do it? So the fourth key is organization. What does that mean, Adam? That's what we were discussing a little earlier in the show, Jack. I was making the example of the current NBA free agency going on. People are trying to add to their teams either the peop- the players on the floor or the folks up in the up in the offices. But they're trying to make their team better by adding and subtracting people, finding the right people to come on board. And so... We contend, and we talked to a lot of owners of small companies, that if you find a good person, a good person will replace two or three people who are not necessarily very good. Boy, that's and, so hard to, to explain to people. Well, too, it's, it's tough because many of the, the owners of small companies have never really experienced or seen what good people look like. And uh, several, several of our longer-term clients will joke, said, why don't you just tell me day one I had to fire everybody and start from scratch. <laughs> Right? Yeah, it would have been simpler, right? And that's not always the case, but it, it, it does happen quite a bit where folks realize as they're trying to get to the vision that, that, that they've laid out and they try to achieve their goals in terms of the profit plan or help with the marketing plan, get things kind of going, that they don't have the right people on board to make it kind of happen. So we'll, we'll dig into this a little bit more when we come back after our last break here. So stay tuned for more of our seven keys to success here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We help all you small business owners, or better put, owners of small businesses, get unstuck from the state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM. 101.5 FM and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches. And we're talking about how we can take your company, small, small companies, 1 to 25 employees, Put those companies on a road to success. How would you like that? Make them better, right? Make them better. That's how we all started here today. So we've been rolling through our seven keys to success, which is how you go about doing that. And so in the interest of time, we got four to go. We just started talking about number four, which is the organization plan. So hang on with this roller coaster the last uh, last ten minutes or so of the show. We'll get through the remainder of these. But yeah, so the well, organization plan, Jack. We're talking about that on the way out of the break. Well, you have to you have to ideally find good people. But these the organization plan is going to drive the plan, the vision, the business, or the the profit plan that you've created the marketing plan to drive that profit plan. You need people in the right spots to not only be on the front lines of this stuff, but support. 
And if we get good people, and if we identify the work that's being done, keep in mind, if you're an established company, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Well, what is that stuff? And who's doing it? And we put this together, it becomes extremely powerful because it creates clarity to positions. It increases the communication and the focus then of moving this profit plan along all sort of starts to happen. It's almost magical, quite frankly. And the, the reality for the small business, the, don't think when, I say, when we say organization or people, they have to be employees. That's can be right. some employees. can be full-time, part-time employees. can also be contractors or service providers that are outside. Because many of the things that get done or can get done or get done well for your company, you couldn't afford those people full-time. You don't really need them full-time, but they, you, know, you can go get some good resources outside. And the beauty of today's world is they don't have to physically be where you're located. You can tap into people around the world to help get stuff done that you need to get done. So expand your horizons a bit. Make sure you get the right people in your organization to help you get where you're trying to go. Don't, don't worry about what you can't do. Try to adopt an attitude of can do, not can't do. And it's uh, amazing what you can do if you have definition of a plan, a profit plan, a market, and you're identifying your people for the, where you need the skills for your organization. As Adam said, this doesn't have to be full-time employees. It's going to be part-timers, and that's okay. We know, we know and have clients that have built significant businesses out of, just pl- out of uh, part-timers. So... You know, the organization, we can go into great depth about how this should flow into job descriptions and performance appraisals and improving communication and pulling out of uh, our employees their ideas and and letting the company uh, prosper with that as they share and not only the spotlight but the financial rewards. It's it's creating an organization that is dynamic and, and appropriate for the year 2017, which is where we're at right now. So organization is big, and it's obviously going to make or break your company. And if you can get good employees, you're going to be on the road, folks. You will be on the road to success. All right. One of the things we like to do in terms of helping identify what good employees look like ties into key number five here, Jack, which is leadership. Mm-hmm. And leadership starts with you as the owner. Whether you like it or not, all mm-hmm. eyes are focused on you. You're the man, as they say. Doesn't the leader have all the answers? Yeah. You're the man, as they say, even if you're the woman. Same thing. Okay, you're the one everybody's looking at to, to help lead stuff. And when it comes to finding good people or, or getting them on board and, and helping to lead them through what you're trying to do, all things we're talking about here are all part of the leadership. And you'll do it, and you've got to do it in your way. There'll be times you have to come out of your, out of your natural zone. So, you know, if you aren't, you know, if you look up to certain leaders and say, Jim, I'm not that way, I'm not this way, that's okay. You've got to be who you are. But you may need to step out of your, your natural zone at times. And talk about the natural zone, we use a great assessment tool called DISC. Oh, no. D-I-S-C. Yeah. Oh, that DISC. That DISC. Not your DISC in your back. All right. So the behavior assessment helps you understand not only yourself first, but the folks who are around <clears throat> you. And as we were mentioning before about the organization, you know, what kind of folks do you need? What kind of people do you need in those different roles? Chances are you might have some good people who are there. You just have them in the wrong roles given their style. Because folks who are high performers tend to do pretty well, no matter what you what you have them doing, because they're, they're good. But if you get them in the roles that they're that are more natural for them, so if you get somebody who's very analytical, and you get them pounding doors to make sales all the time, you know, to cold call, that may not be the best use for them. Even though they might do it okay, maybe better to have them in a, in a role where they can kind of internally make 
things better, make systems better, understand how to better deliver your, your product or service to your customer because that's more what, what, what really gets them going and gets them energized and where they can add the most value to your company. So much like a, you know, if you want to think about a chessboard or something like that in terms of trying to get the pieces in the right place and seeing how things kind of go, your job as a leader is to think big picture, stay above the fray a little bit and see what you're going to do to drive it and see what your role is going to be. And your role as the owner, again, is plan, direct, and control. That's right. Three how simple can, words. How can you do that if you don't have a plan? How can you direct anybody? And how can you put in systems of control if you don't have that plan? So, yeah, I'm I'm still pondering your, your statement there before that you're the man even if you're a woman. So we won't we won't go there too deeply, but uh, <laughs> I picked that one up. I know what you meant. So does That's our right. listening so audience. Yeah. They all know it. They so does our target. We're it. talking to our audience here, Jack. So they they know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, the next thing after leadership, what's very important to every small business owner? Every small business owner always always is interested in cash flow. And what, we, what we've developed and what we put in place for all our clients is a 90-day cash flow. And every day, every day is, is basically illustrated on this report. And every day going out for the next 90 days has to be positive cash. And if it isn't, that draws the alarms and focus rightfully to the owner to do something about it. And that might mean pushing a payable out might mean making a deal on a receivable or pushing out a purchase of some type and kind. But you have right in front of you what's going to happen in the next 90 days. It's absolutely amazing. So make sure we're clear on this. It's a cash forecast. Okay, we're not looking back. We're looking ahead, starting with today. And 90 days may seem very daunting. That's three months. So we start with folks with a week. Can you show for the next seven days, can you show positive cash? Okay, where you are today with cash in the bank, money expect to come in, money expect to go out. What's it look like at the end of today? And we can get that first week down. One week becomes two, becomes three, becomes a month, becomes two months. By day, you can see what it does is it gives tremendous comfort and clarity and empowers you tremendously. You know, for those of you who, who have made promises that you haven't been able to keep and you feel awful about it, the 90-day cash forecast helps to prevent that from happening because you're looking at everything going on in your business. And so I'm not going to call Jack and make a promise to pay him in two weeks and then you know, call Joe over here and make the same promise to pay him and somebody else and also not bouncing checks all over the place or I forget to pay people or I start to avoid phone calls. It gives you tremendous power to see when and how the cash is going to be, be available to take care of all those things. And it's one of the key documents that we have with, with many of our clients, especially ones that are going through quite a bit of growth. Because when you grow quickly, there are often unforeseen cliffs that are out there that you can fall off pretty quickly if you aren't forecasting the cash needs. Or if you've been struggling or going through some downturns or some, some significant changes in the company where you've got to make sure, hey, cash, you've got to make sure you conserve cash. And you don't want to be you know, having it all go away very quickly. So it's a great stabilizer from that standpoint to kind of give you some good visibility to know at the very least you've got 90 days to react to any opportunity or any situation that's coming up. And this, this isn't an, an accounting exercise that nobody can understand. Not nobody, but most small business owners can't understand. It's done in very simplies that, that makes it visible, comfortable, and fun. Because, as Adam said, 
you'll be able to, to, to locate just by looking at one report for a couple minutes, you'll be able to see your cash position for the next 90 days and be able to do something about it if it's negative. Don't find reasons not to do. Don't fight it because it's very, very doable. Find reasons to do. We've placed this in, in hundreds of companies, and basically it works, and it's fun, and it's powerful. So that's the fifth, of, or that's the sixth of the seven keys. Now, what's the seventh and last one, Adam? It, one. it wraps, wait, let me, let me tee this up a little bit. So we have a vision where you're going to be in 10 years. Three paragraphs, positive, very positive, present tense. You got you got uh, number two uh, a profit plan, number three a marketing plan. You got your organization put in place. You got a leadership. You got a ninety day cash flow, and what's the last one, Adam? Tying it together. Well, that brings it all together, Jack, is presenting, and you're presenting those prior six things. If you can present and talk about your company, and think about this for every owner who's out there, when somebody asks you about your company. I'll bet you 100 bucks that most of you talk about your product and service most of the time. You aren't talking business. You're talking about your product or service. The key to presenting presenting your business is to talk about those other six keys we're talking about. Where you're going to go from a vision standpoint, how you're going to make money this year in terms of your profit plan, who your customers are, who good customers are, how you're going to find more of those customers, who some of the key people in your organization are, who, or what you're looking for to add to your organization. What are you doing from a leadership development standpoint to not only develop yourself, but your team that's there? Look how, how, look do you know how you're excited. Have cash flow? Look how excited Adam's getting here. That's what happens. You get excited to present your company because you know where you're going, or you certainly have a good idea, and, and you're tying it all together. And it's fun, and it's powerful. It becomes very attractive to not only the folks who are there to retain your key employees, but also to go find new employees and new and new folks who are going to be part of that organization, who who want to help you get that to get to your vision, make it a nice reality for everybody involved. So that's right. All right, we're up against it here. We got about thirty seconds to go. So we want to thank you again for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You're invited to tune in every Wednesday at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. And in, in between, if you want to give us a call, 877-849-0670, or give us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com. Okay, we just went through seven keys to success. If you want growing, sustainable profits, we're the folks you should be talking to. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We'll see you next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. I'm in no